and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by A. Jeff Blast, and with myself, a COVID-ridden Steve Nussbaum, and I'm virtually joined by my good friend, South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thanks to everybody, as always, who tuned in to last week's show, still Really, really chuffed and overwhelmed with the amount of people that listen to uh, to the shows, particularly given how long they are. We're covering two matches every week at the moment, so thanks to everyone who's uh, stuck with us. This week is a really, really special show. We're not going to do our usual uh, podcast um, because there was no football for us yesterday, but we still are going to do this week's show uh, because we are absolutely thrilled and delighted to be joined by the club's director of football, Martin Ling, who's waiting on the line for us now. But first... And, and as always, as we do at the top of every show, let's just give a special mention to our podcast sponsors. Yeah, so as you hopefully know by now, our podcast is proudly sponsored by Age of Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, and they specialise in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. Director of football is included in that offer as well, Mr Ling. So for more information... And the best plastering and rendering prices around. You can visit their website at www.ajfplastering.co.uk or you can email Adam and the team at ajfplastering.outlook.com. They're also on social media at ajfplastering on Facebook and on Instagram. Or you can find Adam on Twitter at BigAdsLOFC. So let's crack on with this week's show. Thanks to everyone who sent us questions. I think we were just saying just before we started recording, this is probably the most overwhelming amount of, of questions that we've, we've ever been sent so thanks to everyone on the forums on facebook on uh, on twitter everywhere so thank you very much indeed and if we've not asked your specific question it means it's been covered elsewhere by somebody uh, or, or, or other people so without further ado let's crack on martin thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us for this week's special show as we were saying the last show that you were on was episode 200 and again that was a a really brilliant show. So thank you uh, for giving up your Sunday evening uh, for us. Really appreciate it. Um, scratching my head a bit here as to the reason why we need to do this first question, but let, let's let, let's start off at the uh, you know at the very beginning. Just can you give us a bit of a flavour, a bit of an understanding about your specific role as the director of football? And one of the questions we had is perhaps why a League Two team needs a director of football? Yeah, I mean. Uh... My specific role is, is is twofold, if I'm honest with you. Uh, I think the most basic way to, to look at it, if you look at two circles, there's a circle that's called first-team football, uh, and that's a circle that loses money every year. Uh, and then there's a circle uh, on the other side uh, that can make money. Uh, so I look after both circles. Uh, the, the circle to your right, to my the circle that makes the money is the overseas camps, the college programs, uh, the women's football. So there's there's you know a multitude of of things to do within them, and obviously the academy flips between the two. So I oversee the academy. Uh, any young player that's coming into the club, uh, I will know about, uh, would have seen, uh, and you know that. That is a very productive line. You know, if you look at, since we're coming to the club, some people won't know this, but if you look at what's been spent on transfers and what's been bought in on transfers, we're about £1.8 million up. Yeah, so that's the type of thing 
that I have to look after, make sure all the negotiations are done right. On the on the on the first team football side of things, is to make sure that all the coaches have got everything that they need. Uh, you know, make sure that they've got all the requirements. Uh, obviously, a part of of the transfer committee, which is I know that's going to come up later in in the in the uh, equation to see what the answers are of what how does it work, uh, and yeah, just to facilitate the best I can do for a manager. Take all the contract negotiations away from a manager. Most of the dealings with agents uh, away from the manager, even though with Kenny or any, any 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 manager we've had would have some sort of dealings with agents. But when it comes down to setting budgets, making budgets, make sure everything fits into a budget, that's all down to me. So yeah, it's there's more than a need at this football club. There's probably a need at this football club more than any other football club because because our owners are based in America. Uh, so, yeah, that, and I've I've heard this question many times, and, and, and I know Nigel gets fed up with it. Uh, the be or end all is that the 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 role has been there all the time. There's a massive need for it at this football club. I think people are going to say I'm going to say that because it's my job. But you know, if if it ain't if if someone if I wasn't there and someone had to do the bits that I did that I do now, I don't know where where we you know what bracket would fall into. But uh, that's where it's at. Okay, so when you're talking about the net income of 1.8 million, I mean, obviously, largely for a League Two club, we're not spending out on on transfer fees. So, assuming um, that there's not a lot going out there, I guess what you're alluding to by the income then is we're bringing in youth players and then selling them perhaps to clubs higher up the pyramid. They're buying our yeah, I mean, players up to an yeah, extent. I mean, the, 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 I mean, you sell we sold academy players to other academies. That, that, so an academy player that goes to another academy, especially when we look like we were going to lose our academy, and that brought that brought in over four hundred thousand pound net. Oh, sorry, that brought in under, over four hundred thousand pound. The actual players sold when they were pros at this football club, like your Alzates, your Tristan Abrams, your Sam Dolby, Josh Caromas. That's bought that brought in you know one point five million. So the that. And you can look at that over the last over the last four and a half years. That comes over two million pound, and the only outlay we've had is two hundred thousand on, on transfer fees. So, as I, when I what I try and express to people is that I believe the academy. Well, I know the academy over a ten year period has paid for itself. Certainly over the four years that we've been in there, because my, most of that money, all but one player that's amongst that money is. A player that started in our academy. The only player that's not in who, who, who didn't start in the academy that's made us money is, is Macaulay Bond. Because you come from someone else's academy, so you know that's. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of them figures. I'm very proud of them facts. And it, I think it gets ignored. If I'm totally honest, but that's that's life. We we, we move on. Talking of life, we currently sit 18th in League Two. This season, I think a lot of fans disillusioned what's going on at the moment. I think many thought we'd be pushing for automatic or in that playoff section, we'd find ourselves just five points above relegation. So, Mark Knight, and what what are your thoughts on the season so far? Yeah, same as same as the the fans. I'm disgruntled. Uh, you know, we we set out uh, with with a top eight budget, as I put it, it uh, and we're in the bottom eight. So. Yeah, disgruntled. Uh, 
confused, if I'm honest with you, because when I see up until the Swindon game, uh, I see good signs, felt that we were, were moving in the right direction. Uh, I thought we had a good chance of being better than we were last year. I think that's the big thing. I think every year we've been into the club, there's been an improvement, you know, in terms of league position. Uh, obviously, there's been a promotion within that. And last year, we finished 11th. So the only way there could be an improvement this year is to finish between 1st and 10th. And I thought with the squad we had, with the money spent on the squad, with the, with the, with the managing, manager and the coaching team we had, that, that we would be, uh, for me, I thought we'd be a definite top 10 team. But the last nine games... As everybody knows, has produced two points and two goals. So, yeah, there's, there's massive frustration now, and and uh, it's it's blindsided us a little bit because I didn't see it coming. If I'm totally honest, you know, after the, I didn't want to enter the Swindon game, and I, I come away from the Swindon game thinking we've got something going here, mm. and I don't really know if I'm totally honest what's gone fully wrong. You know, in terms of the, they don't seem to have well, lost a couple of players for injury. We had COVID and we had a big break of a month. But for it to go from where it was to where it is now, because you can't blame all of that. You know, it's it's it, it's it's so it's been a massively poor run of form, and a poor run of form that needs to stop very you know very quickly. If I'm if I'm if I'm being blunt about things, do you? So there's nothing in particular that you can put this current run down to. It's you know you've mentioned the COVID and the injuries and whatnot, but we've still got a, a decent side even even without those two. Yeah, look, we've got thirty one. We've got thirty one man squad at this moment in time. You know that's the, the biggest it's it's ever been since we've been at the club. Uh, yeah, there is four of the main. Four, I would say that four of the players that are injured. Probably for the season, in terms of Happy Clay James, definitely for the season. Smith, who probably will make some, you know, that's a bit of a, a suck it and see situation. I think that they, they have, they are good players, and they they will be missed. But for me, I just felt that we had a squad to be able to cope with them people that were missing, mm-hmm. and you know, and 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 we haven't. So, yeah, it's you can't say that the, the, the thing is with it, what people got to be careful of is that you can't label any of this at the board of Leighton Orient because the money, they're in the top eight budget, probably near a six, if I'm honest, I don't know the exact position you're in, was given many money to spend in the January window as well. So it didn't turn away from where we thought if we spend money in the January window it would cover these problems that we possibly had and then we'll push on. That's not happened. So it's certainly not at a club level, but it's on the pitch at this moment in time. Does that make you feel pressured, Martin? When you say that you know there's a top eight budget, a top almost a top three budget and we're in the bottom eight. Does that do you are you feeling the pressure of that? No, I don't feel pressure anymore, if I'm honest. I don't it's no good for me. I'll be, I'll be blunt if I wanted to feel pressure I'd go and sit in the dugout you know that's just the truth of the matter uh, does it does it really affect me and does it does it does it uh, get you know get, get me frustrated you know I've been associated with this club since 1996 so you know just to be fair about it of course it gets me frustrated and, 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 and but I don't get all you know I have to answer to, to the board of this football club 
I have to go and do my job in terms of, as I keep talking about them two, them two circles. Yeah, the biggest thing for this football club every week will always be the result on a Tuesday, the result on a Saturday. You know, it's going to be that, and, and it affects me, yeah, but not pressure. No, because as I say, if, if things start to give me pressure, I, I will come out of it, if I'm totally honest. That's, that's just off the personal thing, because, you know, I've had to come out twice before because I think pressure took me towards that. But I know that, that I'm doing the best I can possibly do. You know, it's, it is what it is. And, 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 you know, I have to suck it up as well. But, you know, it's, 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 it's more frustration than, than, than feeling pressure. I mean, I want us to, you know, obviously my job's a lot easier. Everything I do in my job, including coming on to a thing like this, is better if we're winning games of football. Mm. But, as I say, I think pressure for me is, is not the word for me. It, frustration uh, and, and how, how, can, how can we make it better and what can we do to make it better? Because we've worked hard. Know, come back into for the club as it was and where it was going and still it's still going. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a blip. It's probably the first you know blip we've had in terms of in terms of uh, moving forward. I do believe behind the scenes the club is moving forward. You know, and that's that's the be all and end all. But that's no good to anybody, including me, if we're sitting eighteenth in League Two, because it just sounds like. You know, it just sounds like words that that you're saying, but the club is moving forward behind the scenes. We are we are ready to go to League One, but you know, Wrexham have been 14 years ready to go to League Two and ain't managed it. So there's everybody that's got a uh, goal, and, and sometimes you have to work a little bit harder. And this moment of time, we've got to work a little bit harder. At risk of asking possibly a silly question here because of what you've just said about where our league position is and our, and our current form, how, how do you think Kenny's, Kenny's been doing this season so far then? Obviously, yeah, results aside. Not, I mean, yeah, yeah, if we were winning and we were top, you'd say, oh, he's amazing, best thing ever, but... Yeah, look, the thing is with me is... Ken, results. Yeah. yeah, Kenny will know that, that uh, he isn't doing what, what's expected of him. You know, I've never seen. I'll be honest with you. I've never seen someone work so hard in trying to trying to to rectify things in terms of you know with you know doing the work at home and kind of looking through teams and, and and sometimes really trying to find a solution. Uh, but yeah, look, Ken, Kenny knows the score. But he's no good. Kenny's a, 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 a you know a big man. He knows you know he's been he's done it in nine hundred and fifty games, and he knows if you're a manager that's only picked two points from nine games, things are not going well and people are going to be looking at you a lot, a lot closer. You know, I don't, I don't need to say that to Kenny and nor is anybody else because he he knows that himself. We've had, we've had talks uh, with Nigel and whatever to, 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 you know, to say, but we, you know, we, we want him to come up with a solution and, 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 and that's what he's trying to do. So, I'm, Kenny will be as disappointed as I am sitting 18th in, in League Two at this moment in time. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that, and we'll know that he will be he will be scrutinised. Do, do you do you assist do you assist Kenny in any way in terms of anything on the pitch, any selection, any tactics? Is that if you, if you ever get a thought and go right, Kenny, what about this? Or does that not fall in your remit? No, it's not in my remit. I've never done that. I've never. I mean, it goes from. Me's supposed to be telling him what's everything everything that he's got to do. To me, not being able to have an opinion because Kenny's an experienced manager. We speak football, but I don't. 
you don't need two voices. I think with some of the managers that have been here, I've been a bit more of a soundboard, if I'm honest, because of they've been a bit younger, like Joby, Ross, uh, yeah, Justin to a degree, not as... No, they're about the same really with Justin and Kenny. Really, you're there if they want to. If they want to, but you ain't going to go in there and say, "Why aren't you playing four four two? Why aren't you play four three three one?" Because if I wanted to do that, I'd go back. I would say that if I was the manager and the director of football, come said that to me, I'd say to him, "Well, go get your tracksuit and put your boots on and come and do the job." We pay people to do the job. I'm paid to do the job that I do. And I'm entrusted to do that by Nigel Kent and the board. Kenny's entrusted to do what he does. I don't interfere with tactics. I don't interfere with what we should be doing on the training pitch. If if, if I need to step in and, and, and do that with a manager that's, played, that's managed 950 games, there's something totally wrong. And I wouldn't do it. It's not how I do things. I'm not interested in in being a football manager anymore. So I ain't going to play the, the game that... I know all football supporters do it because what we should be doing this is the system and all that but for me no I will support I've been in that position I did it for 15 years on and off and I will support the managers I know what a difficult job that can be uh, but I won't no I don't get involved I, as I say recruitment I'm part of the conversation uh, I mean some would say that or Nigel say they used to say that I had the last say on signings that's not true I've never ever bought a football player to this football club that the manager hasn't wanted never so it's always led manager led position to what the manager wants and then I will go and do the work out there now could I sit in a meeting of recruitment of, of the recruitment team and say there's a good lad that I watched last week when I went to watch Sam play at Dagnan and there's a good player that played against him. Yeah, chuck something in the mix, but certainly not start telling people who to do. I don't watch enough football and do enough work to be able to say, let's go and sign this player or sign that player. I will certainly look at the players that we've got in. A, if, we, if we've got a, six, a list of six players, I will certainly have a look at all them six players, some, sometimes live, but mainly on, on the computer. But say, I'm, I'm, I'm a piece of the cog but I ain't the one that makes all the decisions. It's got to come from man. It's got to be manager-led when it comes down to, to, to signing players. Thank you, Martin. A um, couple of quick quick ones. Do you fear relegation? Do you fear that we might slip into that? Uh, I, I think if we, it, I, I don't fear it, but I, I, I think we've, we've got to be mad to ignore it. It's no, it's no, it's no point in saying that was when we were travelling back from the game yesterday and we're watching Jeff Stelling on was we was we was we deep down thinking oh Oldham Scunthorpe those give us a bigger breathing space. Yeah, of course I was. Mm. That ain't fearing it. It's being aware of it. And as I say, what's happened in the last nine games has come from nowhere and has totally shocked us. But we need to stop that slide, otherwise it starts to look that 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 line, as we all dread, starts to look a bit more prominent than, than oh, we've got 18th now. We went down two places yesterday, so you're nearer the line. And anyone that, that ignores it is mad, but I don't fear it. I don't, I really, I really think we're an awful lot better than that, but we've got to be aware it's there. Last question on, on Kenny Jacket then, and this was from one of our listeners, Paul Mark. It says, in a results driven business, surely Kenny is running out of time. So, how long with yourself and the board? give Kenny like you said it's a hard once you fall into the rot it can be hard to kind of get out of that rot and you say two points from 27 
a winless 2022. Uh, you got faith in, in Kenny to pull us through this? Yeah, I mean, there ain't, I don't think there's any there's any golden rule where we've where we've said that you know we've got to look it up at this date or that date. The first fear is the first thing you look for in the football club is 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 things being done right on the at the training ground. The answer to that is yes. It, are the players trying to play for him? Are they going out there and doing their best? The answer is yes. So if you start to see that within within the unit, it makes the decision to get rid of someone a lot easier and a lot quicker. But the be all and end all, it's a results-based industry. Mm. So we have to keep our finger on the pulse to see, you know, if that if that is not going we can't it can't go on forever. You know, I mean we can't just say, oh, it's Kenny Jacket, Kenny's got a great record. Kenny the when we got Kenny, everyone was singing from the rooftops, what a brilliant man we've got. But in the same breath, we don't go against that either. As I say, and I do I see someone that's working hard with the nouse to get us going again. Yes, I do. Mm. I do see that. But like anything, it's no good me seeing it. It's no good me expressing that to the board and it not happening because then, then before you, you, know, you keep saying it's going to turn, it's going to turn, it's going to turn. It comes to a stage where it, is, it hasn't turned, you have to do something about it. We haven't got quite to that stage yet. Uh, but does his experience buy him a bit more time? I think the answer is yes. You know, let's be honest about it. I know people have said that Ross got sacked with a better record. You know, I know that's been muted out there, uh, which is true. There's no denying that. That is true. But does, does experience and time and what you see in front of your eyes give him, give him more time? The answer is yes. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's he's got forever, forever because that can't be the case. Every football manager's got to be judged on the return. And at the moment, Kenny's return is not good enough. Okay. Um, we're going to move on and talk about the January transfer window, seeing as how that's only literally just sort of happened in, in time perspectives. We had a lot of questions about this, as you can probably imagine, both on who's come in and, and also the one outgoing that we had. So just perhaps give us your thoughts. Uh, we'll, we'll go through them individually, but just a quick overview of Dan Moss. Yeah, look, Dan, Dan's come in uh, highly recommended by Millwall, the same as same people that we deal with with Alex Mitchell, which was Kevin Nugent, if I'm honest with you, and, and the people at Millwall. Uh, we'd watch him at, at, at Yeovil, uh, and he'd done really well and thought he'd be ready for the step up. Has it happened naturally for him at the moment? No, it hasn't. You know, and and he's in it. And you know, sometimes it's you know from playing Millwall twenty ones to Yeovil, and all something can make your league debut and coming in and playing the league. You know, it can be difficult. So I think you know the jury's still out on Dan. He ain't he ain't done. And, and if I, if you speak to Danny, he'd say the same. So he ain't done what we what we fully expected yet. But is, is there still time? I think there is. And was he a direct replacement for Tom James? Was that the thing no, Tom. No, there's people worrying about this one, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I mean, just to put it out there, I don't think it'd be one of your other questions. Tom, I'm speaking to Tom as we speak. I think Tom's been our best player this year. That's my opinion. Uh, and Tommy uh, and Kenny's a, a, a massive admirer of Tom. I think part of our problem, if I'm honest with you, we look at the goals and creation that Tom did. You know, if I'm going to level at one one area, that's probably what we have missed. So no. He's come in as a as a loan till the end of the season. 
Tom James, uh, I'm talking to him and his agent. Uh, I've, I've had initial talks with Tom. I'm speaking to his agent again next week about Tom staying here longer. Tom's showing all the signs that he wants to be here longer as well. So, you know, I felt that was right for him as well because he ain't going to play this year and he's out of contract. But I think he's, he was excellent, you know, just along with Drinan, along with Smith and along with Archibald, probably our best four. But but James, I think, was, was a... Was a class act, if I'm totally honest. So no, that Tom will be. Well, my idea for next year is Tom would be our number one, and would fetch a uh, fetch a, uh, someone as a as an understudy to Tom. Whether that be Dan, he's uh, probably he will probably go back to Millwall. Might come back to us. I don't know. So not a replacement, definitely not. One of the criticisms, Martin, of the of the January transfer activity was there wasn't a direct replacement for Tom James, even though he was injured and fairly early. December. I mean, do you accept that criticism or do you kind of negate that with the signing of Otis Khan and, and Dan Moss? Both of them, really. Both of them. That's, Dan Moss is a right back. I don't know what can be more of a direct replacement. I don't, you know, he and Otis Khan uh, wants to play right back. I and Tommy, not Tommy, and can you see him as a, uh, as a right back and also as a a right-sided midfielder, a number ten, but but always likes to play on the wider one, two or seven. So we actually brought two in. So I don't know. I don't take that. I don't take that criticism and say that no, we did it wrong. I just think there's two players there. If we'd have won six games, everyone said we'd done it right. But the two players come in and you know, and they're not involved in winning football, so they're going to be judged as not very good at the moment. Yeah, um, we've also got. Um... Jordan Brown that's come in from Derby um, and obviously as fans we don't necessarily have the insight and intel that you guys have on, uh, on on the transfer committee so you know he's obviously not played anything what what drew your attention to him and, and what do you see that he's bought or will bring or can bring to to the team well you come I think this has got missed, missed out really to be honest with you Jordan was with us before Christmas and played and trained with us trained with us we played a game at, at Millwall and he played and done really well got injured uh, and was out we were looking to take him on loan uh, the possibility of taking him on loan in the January window that was the idea of him coming and train with us at the time Derby uh, were looking to obviously create some finances at the time so he came and trained and played with us we liked him he got injured thought it was a mild injury it was a, it was a worse injury he was ever out about two to three months so when he got back uh, Jamie Johnson who's one of our scouts went and watched him again and said yeah he's come back he looks really good he's done well in the two games we watched so he's, so there's you know he, he's actually been training with us and been with us so there should be a, a little bit more safety if you're doing that you know so he's come in and again he's going to be judged at this moment in time people can tell me that I think that Jordan again he's only 20, 20, 21 Jordan so he 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 will have, uh, I think he will have a proper league career, but he's coming to a team that's not winning games. And again, does that make them look a, bit, a little bit more less confident or less of a player? Yeah, I've done probably the player, the fans probably can't find anyone out of them six that we signed as any good, I suppose. But that's not, I don't believe that to be the truth. And what about Ethan Coleman? I think he's, he's, come, he's come with a fee attached as well, undisclosed, which we're not used to as Orient fans, and a fee from a team in a league below us as well, who are kind of at the never regions of that league. So tell us a bit more about the thinking behind Ethan Coleman. Yeah, Ethan was, uh, it's been a project, it's been on, on the radar 
for a while, to be honest. He he, he got released from Reading as a, as a boy. Uh, Jamie Johnson knew him again from 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 his Reading days, and then we got uh, some good reports about him playing at Kings Lynn and doing well. So then we went and watched him over. We must have watched Ethan, I don't know, half a dozen times, like like visually. Uh, and it, the reports kept coming back and just felt that even though there was a, a fee involved, because of the wages wouldn't be very high, we just thought it was quite a, a, quite a good sign. And again, I think that you know, he, he, one of the problems we had when we went to watch him play at Kingston, he played quite not quite a lot, but about forty percent, maybe thirty percent, as a right-sided centre half in the back in the back five. Uh, but we we always fancied him as a four. And again, it, you know, out of, if if he won uh, the two, I think they've done best out of six that have come in so far. Is Ethan? Ethan would be one then with Otis, if I'm totally honest. Uh, there would be the two that I feel that have done okay. Have done, you know, they've not they've not pulled up any trees but they certainly show good, good signs and uh, yeah so even for us it's one for the, one for the future but one for we've, we've, we felt that we've needed a four for quite a bit of the season you know because Craig don't naturally sit nor does Pratt nor does Hector you know they, 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 they will be more eights than fours so we just felt we needed someone to come in there that would just sit in the middle of the pitch and we could we could work off and, and, and we feel that Ethan could well be that man but again as I say at the moment it, it looks it doesn't look like a good I say that it's hard to justify any type of signings when the results are what they are but I think for me Ethan has been a project around for probably near and on you know, six months you know, of, of watching so we're, we're very comfortable that he will be a player in the end so just from something, a discussion point that came up in one of the recent podcasts that we did, we're obviously in, in the January or over the midway point of the season now and obviously Craig has been out since just before Christmas, I think he had his operation. We've signed two obviously relatively, uh, inexper- or in, we've, t- we've signed two inexperienced players, granted Ethan's been playing for Kings Lynn. So given and also that um, numerous people have said like we want to get League One ready players. Neither of them to fit that mould, and also um, they're not necessarily direct replacements for Craig, who I thought, and I think a number of others may think the same. It, it, Craig was doing exceptionally well in that in that kind of defensive midfield role. He was doing breaking up play, moving the ball really, really well. So in terms of how why we've gone for given that we're trying to sort of push up the league, that we've gone for two inexperienced lads rather than getting an experienced player to kind of take that burden and, and do what Craig was doing? I'll start again. The, 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 the signings are made by the manager, so you've got the one person asking the question. Right. We can't get Kenny on, so... The bill under was asked what... Kenny was asked what he wanted, what he required, and yeah. that's what he... That's what he. That's what he said he would require. I ain't going to sit here and answer for Kenny, yeah. but that's what that's what we were told. That that's the positions that we wanted. He really fancies Matt Young. If I'm honest, here, I think he's going to be a, a, a really really good player. And he kept saying that he doesn't want to fetch someone in to block Matt Young. Now, that's that's what he has said to me. We've obviously gone through that. You know, we're sure about the positional side of things. Is that what we want? And 
these the people we want and the answer we got was that's what we wanted and that's where the you know so you know that's all explains the transfer committee it's the manager that makes the decisions and they come through and the transfer committee is more to do can we does it fit in financially more than more than the transfer committee make a decision on which players we're going to fetch in that's not that's what the transfer committee is about transfer committee is about this is what the player manager wants can we fit it into the budget and, you know, although these are the five players that the manager wants, what ones are working the budget? So if people think that the transfer committee is making signings and then give them to Kenny and saying, get on with it, we ain't going to give you a number eight, they've got it all wrong. Yeah. That's good too, actually, Martin, because I don't think Nigel has actually explained it that way before. So thank you for explaining that. That's a, quite a, good, that's a good piece of clarity on the transfer committee. Mm. So we spoke about four signings. We made two more on deadline day. First in the morning, we signed George Ray which I guess was a pretty straightforward signing when you look at the reasons given for that one. Yeah, George was... Uh, there were two things come to, to coming towards the end. Kenny, because we lost a couple of games in and around that time, Kenny felt that he may need a little bit more experience. Uh, and also, we've Alex Mitchell has got to have a personal operation, which he's having on Friday, actually. Mm. And we knew it was coming. So, George Ray... You know, try and find in... They're the harder ones to find. If you, you go, go and get me players that have got experience that want to drop to League Two and they're going to go straight in your team. I'll, I'll give anyone that, that equation. It ain't an easy equation, especially when it's, when, it, when time's pushing on it. Uh, so, yeah, George has come in. Uh, he's, it's funny because when we was down Exeter last week, I've said no to people from Exeter. From, from from when I was still when I was there, but yeah, uh, they I, I know the chairman and they they didn't really want him to go, but he was getting frustrated of being outside the squad. They brought a couple of young ones, got in the team. George has done very well for them, so that you know two reasons he was brought in. One was Kenny felt off the back of the results that we had in around that period that we needed experience, uh, and know that we're going to lose Alex Mitchell. Uh, doubled that down, and he wasn't. If the truth be known, he wasn't a great fan of Adam Thompson uh, playing centre half. So that's that's probably three reasons why we went and got George Ray. Um, I guess the last last signing was probably the most eyebrow raising signing of all, which is Frank. I think I'm saying this right, Frank Newblade <laughs> or New Newblade. So was, I mean, I must admit my I, my eyebrows raised that we were signing someone from a team below us in the league and someone of that age with not the best goal-scoring record. So, I guess over to you, Mike. Yeah, again, I mean, Kenny pushed his, pushed his name forward. Uh, there was pushback, as, as there always is, and uh, the why, you know, where, what have you seen him do? He said that he's seen him play on the left. He feels his best position is on the left of a front three which he hasn't played yet. We've never played 4-3-3 three, three yet, but playing left of a front three, played against Kenny teams, calls, calls Avoc, uh when he's played there. Uh, it probably negates for his goal story in return. If he's playing on the left, he ain't expected to score as much. But he also felt that, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm honest with you, someone like... Uh, someone like... Uh, Let's get the right name here. But first, like Harry Smith was looking a bit tired, if I'm honest with you. Had a really, really good first half of the season. Just felt that we needed someone there to take. Harry Smith, I can't remember, I may be wrong with it, I can't remember Harry Smith coming off in any game. 
Yeah. Swindon, I think, he got two goals and he come off about two minutes. So Harry was taking the burden of us. And when the results started to go uh, a little bit south for us, the first thing that people do is look to Harry Smith to hit him. As a player, they think, well, I ain't going to play a short ball. I'm going to go, go long to Harry Smith. So Harry was getting bashed about a lot more, I felt, when, when the results wasn't going so well for us. So he felt we needed someone else that could come in there and take a bit of weight off of Harry Smith and play on the left of the front three. Frank wasn't really brought in as an out-and-out starter. You know, it was just someone to top up uh, the squad. He also, the fact that he was he was experienced and Kenny felt the results in the, around that period uh, when we played quite an inexperienced side by fetching George and Frank in would give us a bit more experience. So there's a reason that, you know, can you give them as reasoning that went to the transfer committee and then when it was allowed to go and sign, or yeah, it was allowed to push the button and fetch Frank in as an extra forward body. But yeah, it, it, look, it ain't, it ain't going to be the most attractive sign. You say for someone below you in the same league uh, and, and we... And, yeah, don't we think we know that's going to be the the backlash from it? But the backlash will only come if we don't get results. We haven't got results, so we've got the backlash. You know, that's 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 the game. Yeah. Um, one person who did leave us was was Dan Kemp. Um, thoughts behind a creative midfielder leaving us? Yeah, I mean, a creative midfielder last year. I think is, is is the best way to put it. I don't think that, and that's look. I I love Dan to death. He was he was uh, I think he was outstanding for us like, the back end of last season. He never he never got going this year uh, for maybe reasons of the style of play didn't suit him or or he, he didn't feel so you know that he could play such, such with such freedom. Uh, Kenny played him as a. I think he played more as an eight for Kenny than he did like for us last year. I would played 10, 7 or 11, so it was a different position. And, 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 and the be-all end is that, you know, we turned around and Kempy wasn't really playing that often. And it was asked, you know, the, the, the MK Don's interest come in and then Ken, it was put to Kenny and saying, look, would, do you, are you happy to... And he was happy for him to go. You know, now, again, it's no good me or anybody else saying we really, really like Dan Kemp and we should be let Dan Kemp go because it's just, Kenny ain't going to pick him and it ain't right for, for, for Kenny or Dan Kemp. Mm. So that's what happened. You know, Dan's gone. Uh, was I frustrated when he went? Yes, I was. Did we see the same player from last year, this year? No. But Dan Kemp's become a better player over the last nine games as well because that's what happens with losing games of football. Uh, but Dan hasn't been Dan, Dan would be the first and, and, and I've spoke to Dan since he's gone and he, he was the first to say that it wasn't working for him this season so I'd say I, we've got to be me as a director of football we've got to be judged or be led by what the manager wants to do and, and, and the manager felt that was the best thing to do so you know Dan went and, and, and yeah it was a frustration but something I understood I think, I think you've explained the reasons fair quite well in terms of the six in and the one out but I think quite a lot of fans were frustrated and I think that led to Nigel coming out and doing a Q&A with the club and it led to them going back out, back down on a podcast I mean did, did you obviously you're at the game so you sense frustration amongst the fans do you kind of see why the fans were, were slightly frustrated with the activity in January yeah I can yeah of course I can as I say there's there's you know the 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 January window 
will only be judged what it's about at the end of the season. That's that's to be on end all. Did they what we did in January? Did they have any value, or did they make us better? At this moment in time, no one can sit on here, including me, and say the six of them have made us better because we haven't won a game of football since they've been in the building. So, yeah, it's. But I do feel that sometimes it's built up more than it, than, than sometimes it's actually what's actually happened. Yeah, yeah, you know, there was money put in front of the manager. The manager chose who he wanted. We went and got who he wanted, and we ain't got results off the back of it. So. If you think the fans are frustrated, people that, are, you know, don't you think them personally are frustrated and Nigel's frustrated and not most of all, probably Kenny's frustrated because it hasn't worked at this, at this moment in time. With regards to... Um, oh, damn it, I had a brilliant follow-up question that's just completely evaded my head. It was about... Um, no, move on. I'll come back to it. All right. So I guess we've spoken about the transfer committee and you've, you've explained kind of how that works Nigel's on a podcast recently where he said like we identify what Kenny wants and then he proposes to the transfer committee what what he's after so that is that's the way it works so Kenny will say I want X then you go and take it away to the committee and say financially yes we can do that for you and then go after said player or we'll go well we've got, well, we got, we got a recruitment team you know Kenny is the head of that recruitment team Followed by uh, Mike Steele, who does the analysis. So, it, so we get all the analysis side of it. And you've got Steve Foster and Jamie Johnson, who are our, who are our, our scouts. So Kenny will have meetings regularly with them, like regularly, weekly with them in terms of players. And everything. so some of them meetings uh, I might dip into and dip out of. But I, so I, I sort of dip in and out of them. And, but the, the be all and end all, we've got a recruitment team. So we, the transfer committee don't give players to the recruitment team. That's their job. The job is to, they're the recruitment team. So they recruit the players. So, the, But they will give us a list of players. And most of that list of players I'm working out is the values and what they're likely to cost. But also with that list of players, if you get, let's say we end up with six names on the list or ten names on the list, you can guarantee you won't get number one or two. Like I've said this enough times before. You won't get number one or number two because they'd be out of your bracket. You, probably, you won't get five or six, you'll probably get three or four. But you need to know, well, number one, it, so Kenny's first choice might be number one, you know, number one on the list would be the first choice. But you, within maybe two conversations with either me, he might have got to a conversation before me to see what the money's going to be like and, that, and, they're, and they're probably might be crossed off the list. So the transfer committee is about... Make sure the finance the finance is there. Make sure the pro, like everything we do there's a, there's a process. Matt Matt Porter uh, chairs the, the things now because Nigel's pushed it over to Matt uh, to, to chair it. But it, it's people are building it up to be something that it's really not. You know, it's really. I used to have one of these a week. It's called a board meeting, really. But we don't have board meetings because we get the board ain't here. So you know, you just if I wanted to sign a player. You go to the board and say, this is what I'm doing. And they're at the transfer committee meeting around the board table. That's, that's exactly that's exactly how, how it feels. That's exactly how it is. Uh, but don't build the transfer committee into thinking that, that we actually put players onto the manager to sign. We actually get him to go through a process. And, and we, again, 
Nigel likes pushback. So the transfer committee can push back to Kenny or any of the recruitment team to say, why number one and, and not number three? You know, just to ask a question. So, but they will make they will tell you what they want to do, and most of it is is sorted out because out of that ten or six, there's probably only two that come under the bracket that, that fits in the bracket completely. One they can come, and we, or two they're in, they're in the wage bracket. So, yeah, the transfer committee's you know, someone told somebody the other day that he's making an awful lot of noise out there about this transfer committee, and it it, it really ain't what people believe it to be. <laughs> Um, are we following some sort of Moneyball-type system? I don't know if you've seen the film Moneyball. Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. Are we following anything like that at all? No, we ain't. We, okay. we, no, we're not. I mean, Cody Parry, who's new on the board, is very, very good with statistics. He's very big on that side of, of things. But uh, he he will have recommended, he will have people that, Oh, I might say to Coley, Coley's on the transfer committee, so Coley might have people that, that stats are really good. Uh, but the stats for us is not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign a player nowadays without knowing the stats. But I wouldn't play, I wouldn't sign a player totally on stats, if that makes sense. So what we do is we marry them together. Stats make it a lot easier to reduce the numbers of people that you're watching, if I'm honest, it can help. They can be deceiving. They can be deceiving. But for me, you got to mix. You got to be. You got to be able to mix the two. You got to take on board that there's a new, there's a new way. Because I've, you know, I've, I've seen people that believe that Dean Smith got players because of stats. And that, that's the thing that comes out of Brentford, doesn't it? That it's this money ball so-called system, which is, you know, if you know the truth, it ain't quite right. They were part of, he was given players that were stats-based. He was then, give, he gave them players that, that, that were, and he took some players that were stats-based, but, but they would then send their scouts out to watch these stats-based players. And he took some players that were totally his choice and put the stats to them. So, yeah, it's, it's it's a myth that you can do it just off a computer because that's called football manager. That's <laughs> yeah. what you know. That's what it's called. You can't. It ain't, it ain't like that. The world is not like that. No. And I think throughout for the bottom two leagues, the biggest stat that you can't get a measurement on is character. You can only get a character of a player by going and watching him with his own eyes. So there's no, there's no one that I've ever found yet that can put a, a figure and what what a stat number is on character. But if that person that's got good stats and a good character to marry together gets as a good player. So are we more stats driven than we were previously? Yes, we are. But we wasn't driven by them at all previously, so it ain't hard. So we are, yeah, we are. We do use stats. We do use a, Mike's, a, Mike's job is to, you know, he, he uses stats all the time. But Mike, what Mike still is called, Mike goes out and... He's a recruitment analyst, but he goes and watches three or four games a week. So he's got to know what he's looking at. Otherwise, that is, as I say, that is called football manager. So it's a blend of the two. Thanks, Martin. Great. In terms of January transfers, obviously that's done. We can't sign anyone who's at a club on a transfer on a loan, but we can sign out-of-contract players. And something that we've been asked about a couple of times. What's the crack? Are we looking at out-of-contract players? We've got fingers and pies? Yeah, we are. It's, oh my God, it, it, this is really, 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 really a small field of players, if I'm honest. It, it's it's amazing. I think it's a bit bigger than it, than it normally is because of COVID. Uh, 
I think there's certain players that are still outside the game that should possibly be inside the game because of the COVID. Problem with signing someone like that is that they're probably, if it's someone that's been paid up in the January market, it's fine because they have a little bit of fitness behind them. But if it's someone that's been out of the game since last, say, July, you've got to get them up to speed you're going to be you're talking four to six weeks to get the player up and ready. So signing an out-of-contract player is a really, really... I think it's, it's a bit of a needle in an A-stack. We are, we are looking, because I think you always got to be looking because you never know what's, what's around the corner. Uh, so, yeah, we are looking, but, you know, it, it ain't a market that you can spend too much time on because it's such a small field. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 everything's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? Whether they've been a George Ray that's been fit and been around the first team, but but and has got lots of experience, but hasn't. Um, we're going to move on. I think we we had lots of questions around the transfer committee because, as I think you quite rightly say, um, <laughs> that, that there's been a lot spoken about coming out of the club about the transfer committee um but but i think pretty much it, it's all been it's all been covered and you've answered people want to understand about the process of the transfer committee how they're identified does kenny have the final say or do you go well we've got you this guy so i think you've you've pretty much answered all of those um for us there were some really specific and great questions but quite conscious of of uh, of the time as well so um just to check divert slightly um, we've got announced, uh, or it was announced earlier this week, that we've we've got a new CEO joining us, replacing Danny Macklin, who's done a terrific job uh, for us. Your thoughts on on Mark? Did you know him before he he came to Orient? Or, or... no, I knew of him. He'd been he'd been at a club that I was at when he Swindon. Uh, I knew someone who worked with him. He had been at Brentford, so obviously done a bit of <laughs> digging there, <laughs> as they say. Uh, I, I I had a it works in a bit a bit reverse, really. I sort of come into the equation of the CEO late on. You know, I, I'm not the I'm not the decision maker on the CEO, but you know, or, or one of the main players on the CEO. But because we have to have an, an, an understanding working relationship, I met with the last two. Uh, not as I, as, I, as I explained to them, not in a interview procedure. They've been through about four, three or four in, interviews. So I just had sat down and had a forty five minutes general chinwag chat talk about you know football talk about what I do and how it how it how we in the how we in the link and that type of stuff if it's any different to any other club which it which it, it, it isn't but you just just make sure so yeah I got to meet him I really liked him uh yeah and his experience is 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 really good uh I think that Danny's done a great job uh and and I'm Phil Martin will come in and and, and do a good job as well, a great job as well. It's, yeah, it's a little bit different because of, it's not so much now, but the ownership being a ball makes it, you ain't got, you know, you've got people that you, you can talk to every day, don't get me wrong, we're sitting here doing Zoom and we've, you know, I've done millions of these over COVID and doing them to America. But to have actually that hands-on feel and that hands-on running of the club, it's like you are left with that, yourself and him doing that, why looking up and you feel like you want to look after it properly for the for the for, for your board and for Nigel and for Ken. Uh, so but he, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm looking forward to Mark. Mark's starting with that they're doing a week together next week. 
where Danny's sort of handing things over. Yeah, but again, it's a relationship we've got to work. I've got close to Danny. I can't deny it. You know, we, we, we've have a full, good friendship over three and a half years. We've been, you know, we've been some, I was going to swear there, we've been some bad places in terms of grounds in the National League. We've just me and him sitting in the crowd. We've been in a few places where it's got a bit airy and, uh, and, 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 uh, yeah, he's been a good a good power, and, and I'm going to miss him. I am going to miss him, but I'm, I'm sure I can make up that relate or make up that relationship with Mark. And do you think Mark's appointment will impact your role, Martin? Do you think your role will change on the back of Mark? No, they, you know it, it won't. It, it's uh, it's been explained to to because Mark has obviously dealt with uh, football contracts before. Uh, he's been where it's been a different different type of. CEO role, but he, no, he, he won't impact on. I don't, you know, I don't. I, what I try to do for Mark, and I'm sure Mark would try and do for me, is he's try to make it. If they need something like players or something commercially or something, I make sure it happens because I think it's important that it does. And in vice versa, you know, I'm sure Mark would do things for me when I need things to happen, like maybe, you know, and, and you know, sitting down doing budgets is always a. Uh, good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it does if you like a spreadsheet. Um, yeah. <laughs> so gonna move. We're gonna move on. We've got we've got some questions, um, sort of of a more general nature. Um, the messaging to the fans from Nigel and Kenny at times has felt slightly contradictory. Um, I know that we're not going to ask you what did Nigel mean, what did Kenny mean, because they're not your words. They didn't come out of your mouth. So that's that's not the. The angle that we're we're coming from at this. For example, Kenny has said a few times how we kind of lack experience. He's put Jordan and Ethan out in a game where they haven't been as impactful as perhaps what we'd have hoped, whereas an experienced player perhaps would have been able to have done things differently or, or whatever. But actually, on the other side of that, we've got one person saying, well, we've got everyone that the manager wanted, but actually he's then bemoaning playing a youthful side so we, we kind of and there's Steve there's a couple of other examples as well wasn't there that you can remember yeah I think you know the, the whole aggressive comment from Nigel and again not your words and against Kenny's experience where we're kind of two definitions of the same thing and obviously recently where Kenny spoke to Dave Victor and said he, you know we've been in a relegation battle for the last few weeks prior to Nigel saying he still expected promotion a week and a half earlier so I mean what, what are your views on kind of the disparity it's like a disparity between what Mark, what Nigel is sometimes saying and what Kenny says on a post match yeah I mean they are mixed messages don't they that's the, that's the truth of the matter is in terms of the ex, you know in terms of the experience of players I can only say what I've said I haven't changed what I've said on here already Kenny chose what players he wanted so it, the the experienced players or the lack of experience it would have to go down to him, and he he, he tells to me that he takes ownership of that. That he's brought younger players in. That's the players that he wanted. Uh, so on that one, that's certainly Kenny's had his choice, and if, if he ain't picking the experienced players or the experienced players come in, that's that's you know that's not really anything that the bold Nigel himself can do. So on that one, I don't I, I didn't really. I didn't hear the other. I knew that one was coming. If I'm honest with you, because 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 there was a, a mixed message there. I feel the other one. I didn't realise Kenny had said we've been in the relegation battle for the last two weeks, and Nigel saying that we're going for promotion. So I thought, what game did Kenny say that after? 
that was the last home game where um, I was it. It must have been Salford, I think it was after Salford. So Dave Victor said, "Oh, we're in a relegation battle now." And 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 Kenny said, "Yeah, we have. You know, I've known that over the last years." Yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, you said to me if if you looked at the the gap between us and second bottom, and I'll be honest with you, up until I don't know ten days ago, probably not. But I wouldn't say we're in a relegation battle. You know, but the be on end of is you've got to get enough points to stay up. So is that a relegation battle? But you can't, as you say, you can't have... I, I, can't, I can't answer. I can't, it's a difficult one for me to answer with that. I don't... I can see why, as a manager, after you just got beat by Stalford and you've not won for nine games, you see yourself in a relegation battle. It's been fine margin, uh, hasn't it? Because if Drinan takes some of his chances, it's 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 a different game. So, And that's football, is, is, is often fine margins. Um... What changes do you believe need to be made to get the club to where we want to be? As the current formula and methods appear to have failed far more often than not, um, both on and off the pitch. That's a question that came in on on Twitter. Yeah, as I said before, I'd see. Yeah, it all depends what you. What I mean, sitting eighteenth in League Two, as we are now. Everything is as everyone's making saying. It's, it's everything is doom and gloom, and 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 the club is not where it wanted to be. Whereas we was nine weeks ago. Uh, so I I look at a club that's that's so much so much better than than a club that we walked into. Uh, you know, there was a talk of a, a six-year project to get it back to League One. This is the fifth year of, of, of six. Did I expect to speak to you in February that we'd be 18th in the fifth year? No, if I'm honest. So there is there is a there is a semi-blip at this moment in time, but it is a semi-blip. I don't think anything's got to be torn up and started again. Uh, I really don't. I think that the financial side of things, in terms of the money that, 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 that the people are prepared to pay, put in, Makes you a real player in League Two with with with, with the budget. Uh, so I don't think I don't think there needs to be a universal change of things. We've we've, we've had to cope with some disaster and, and 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 some terrible times along the way. I think that sometimes gets forgot about. You know, I really do think that gets forgot about sometimes. With with we had the success. And then, and then, unfortunately, we lost Justin. And, and you know, that's that's going to take a bit of a time to come out. You're not saying it's going to take two and a half years or whatever it's going to take. But people, people just glossed over it. But then, people that glossed over it wasn't inside dealing with it. Mm. So, I think that people have got to have a, sometimes a bit of a reality check and, and 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 say, "Are we where we want to be?" No, we're not. You know, uh, you, you know what I'm like. I, I, I say it as it is, and, and as I find, and we ain't where we want to be at this moment in time. Could we be out of this division within the six-year time scale that was given? I think that that's that, that's a good chance of that happening. But did I see us being higher than the eleventh this year? Yes, I did. So there is still seventeen games to go. So there's a big big chunk of the season to go. 
you know, we may end up better than 11th. We're talking about relegation at the moment or possible that we're looking over our shoulder, but that can change That can change very quickly. Mm. You know, two points from nine games is going to put you into a, a you know, coming to talk to anyone after getting two points from nine games, it's going to be hard to lift anyone's spirits because that is, I, well, I think, you know, this it, is the worst run we've ever had, isn't it, since we've been in here. I think even Steve Davis said it was a longer period, but I think he got a few more points. So I did, but, it's been, you know, when we brought Kenny in at the start of the season, I really thought that that, that was the piece of the jigsaw that we needed, you know, that he was going to come in uh, and uh, with the budget we had, we were going to be really pushing this year. Uh, I, you know, I, I've got to be honest, in my head, I couldn't see us outside the top seven. That was how I felt. Uh, and when I watched up until Swindon, I felt the same way, but the nine, the last nine games have, have yeah, as as uh, shocked. It has shocked me, and, and and I think it shocked a lot of people. We, but the one thing we do, we ain't in the position where when we walked in, we ain't in a position like that. You know, what I mean, we're in a, we're in a stable position. We ain't in a position where we've just lost our manager. It's just passed away, and we've got to deal with it. We ain't in that position. You know, we're in a we're in a blip, mm. but you don't want that blip to become a big blip. You know, at the moment it is a blip, and and, and the only way you get out of blips is to get some results and get them quickly. I think everybody at the club knows that, and everybody at the club is putting in the right direction. So, I would ask the fans to be patient, and I think they have to be honest with you. I don't think they've really got on the team's back or Kenny's back, and, and, they, and they boo after the game sometimes. But so if you go to any ground in the country or nowadays, if you get a bad result, they boo after the game. It ain't like it, it used to be, oh, they got booed off the pitch. You get booed off every other week. But I think the fans have been, I'll be honest with you, they have been good, and they've stuck with the team. And uh, and you know, I'm not, I could feel the frustration, and, and, and rightly so, because I'm, as I say, I keep saying I'm frustrated. So I don't think we're that, I don't think we're that far away from going where we want to go. Even though it's that's a that's a very bold statement sitting here in eighteenth in League Two. I feel like Paul said it's like it's fine margins, isn't it? Dryden misses a massive opportunity against Salford, and then they take it up the other end and score. Against Colchester, he has a header save, and Colchester take up the other end and score. Beckles against Exeter has a header over the bar. Two minutes later, they score in the last minute. So, yeah, I think for me anyway, apart, apart from Salford, where well, I think there was nothing there in the second half where that we didn't deserve anything. I feel like most of those defeats that have come have been have been unfortunate. But in your last answer, Martin, you mentioned Steve Davis, you mentioned Justin, you mentioned Kenny, and a lot. We had a lot of questions about managerial appointments uh, that have been appointed since the new board. Uh, I guess the best worded one that we can take is: What do you think the reason that only one of the managers appointed by this board has had success at the club? I don't worry too much, if I'm honest, because the success is taking the club that's in the National League and taking them to League One. I don't care how many managers it takes us, I've got to be fair. I mean, Watford don't care either. I don't. I really don't care. I mean, it's, it's you know, if we've got, if we've put ourselves into a position where the manager hasn't worked, we've dealt with it, we've brought someone else in and then, then, then get on with the job. I mean, 
I think the bigger problem is since Justin's death, we've not really had anyone that works. You know, it hasn't worked to to the degree. That, it all depends what you see as we see a progression. We see. I think if 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 Kenny was sitting in seventh place now, everyone would see like it was like an you know everything wouldn't be so bad. It's natural progression, but you know. I don't. Really, I, I don't. Uh, I, I really. I mean, it, it, for me, it ain't about how many managers, or it's about getting to the end goal, and the end goal is getting to lead one. Now, what, what that takes, whether that takes no more changes as a manager, or another three changes as a manager to get there, it's not really a worry. It's it, uh, we appoint what we see as the best person at the time. Their job then is the same as my job. I have to go. I've got two circles I've got to look after. If I've got a circle that's losing money, I'm out of a job. That's where. And if, and if, and if, if I ain't creating money in the academy and the, and the first thing make money smoothly, then I'm out of a job. So you know that's that's fine. I'll take that. So a manager's job is to to get football results. As I keep saying, I've done it for 15 years, so I know how difficult it is, but I also know how volatile it can be to, to, to get the right one. And as I say, I really try, when you say five managers, you say that not been I mean, Joby McEnough was the caretaker. So that's, you know, if you want to count that one. Ross did it because he had, no, he didn't, no that's not right. Ross did it. He didn't really want to do it, Ross, let's be fair. And he did it because he felt that... I think he felt it was a duty to the club and, 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 and to, to the people. But would have Ross ever done it if Justin didn't pass away? That's why. That's what I look at. And people have got to look at that. They've got to, they've got to, they've got to give some, some sort of leeway instead of keep going on about how many managers. It doesn't matter how many managers it takes. The aim is to get to leave one. It looks like we've took a, a, a mini step back, but don't try and make holes everywhere within the industry and what, what I do or what Nigel does or what, or what Kenny does. We all know that we're not winning games of football. But as I say, I have to, I have to answer to... to, to People that, that have got high demands. So, and if the manager has to answer to, to me and the people that have got high demands, then then so be it. So if we if we have to change, if we have to change, we'd only change if we felt it was for the best. So that's that's the answer to it. So I can't believe that there's a there's a deeper process than we do to, get, to try and come up with the right man. But if you can come up with the right man one every three as a football manager, you're doing all right actually. Because because that manager is going to be taking you up. I mean, the average. I mean, the manager most average managers last about a year nowadays, don't they? So, I don't think Hounds massively over the top. Uh, and yeah, there was a bit of unforeseen circumstances through through the, through through Justin within now, I believe. Um. Can we ask, this came in on social media as well, can we ask Martin why clubs like Sutton are performing better than us? What are they doing that we're not? And I think you could also mention possibly Forest Green in that, maybe even Swindon who had a full rebuild in, in, in the summer. Is there stuff that you've looked at for them? Obviously maybe you know Ben Chorley. 
over at Swindon, for example. Yeah. I think you probably know the guys over at Forest Green as well. Is there anything that they're doing that we're not, that we might pinch and do ourselves? Or? So that's the thing with it. I, I don't believe there's, there's a, a magic wand, if I'm honest. I don't believe that. I think Sutton is off... I think Sutton's off the back of the promotion, you know, and I'm I'm shocked of how well they are doing. But you got you got around it to them and the manager there. They're doing they're doing great. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're, and that's where the frustration comes because if I look at budgets, you know, I mean, look at size of club and and how things are being done, we're we're doing everything. That we possibly cannot feel, you know, we, we are, we are, yeah. We just need that. You know, we need to be. We need to be progressing on the pitch, you know. From, but I think again, you know, that 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 again. We, I think we struck lucky by getting out of, out of national league in two years. If I'm honest. I mean, everyone said it was a gimme and it should be, you know, it's just we're just going to walk through the National League and then we're going to walk through League 2. There's, there's more hurdles than that, isn't there? I mean, the National League now, I think it's even harder to get out than when we was in. So luckily we did get out in mm. two years. But, uh, yeah, I just think that... Uh, I do feel that everything we're, do, everything we're doing as a, as a club, we're trying to move it going forward. But you can only move forward with... the Team, the team has to take you forward. Team and results and points and league position takes you forward. Uh, and we say we have we have had our what we call our first blip, and, it, and it's been quite a major blip. Mm. And I think the thing with it, I keep, and I keep saying, is it's the surprise of the bit, the blip. If I'm honest, it's come from it's come from left field. You know, it come from totally didn't see it coming. So I didn't see anything within the the games leading up to Swindon. That showed me that we had problems, you know, and then even since then, it just seems to one result run into the other, and like you ain't you ain't being totally outplayed, but you are losing every game by the odd goal. A couple of games by two, and you had a two nil, it's kind of two nils, but yeah, I don't think, and it wouldn't surprise me if Kenny Tate turned it around tomorrow. That's that's a trip for Tuesday, should I say? So there's this hope. What I just said happens. It's all fine margins, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's. We had a question about the Tranmere game in terms of a lot of people feel like we shouldn't have played it. That was kind of the start of like losing the games. We had quite a depleted squad, if you remember. I mean, in hindsight, it's quite easy to look back on it and say we shouldn't have played it. We lost the game. Yeah, look, you can't. But the rules are the rules. We 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 couldn't we couldn't break the rules. You know, where the rules are, especially because we they, that we had trouble with the Tottenham game. So the rules were we had to have fifteen fit players, one of them being a goalkeeper, two of them being a goalkeeper. Is that right? One of them being a goalkeeper. I can't remember. One one being a goalkeeper. I think it is. And we had we travelled with uh, sixteen players. They trained on the on the Friday of the, of the match. Two of the lads who trained uh, had a little bit of a knock, but both trained and both come through. So we had to, we had the right amount of players. We can't then phone up the league and say, "Well, we don't really fancy it today because we've got sixteen and our best six that have got COVID." You can't pick and choose like that. Now, did other people bend it a little bit? That was my <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, we could sit here on this call to, to a blue in the face. I don't know if other people bent the rules a little bit. Uh, 
could they be bent? I suppose they could be, but you've got to be careful. But I'm not sure everyone was singing off the same image sheet without naming any names. Yeah, I think Bristol Rovers were were a little bit of a quest, like to, a Tuesday night's opponents when they allegedly their bus was already on its way to us, and then and then it got called off. So, the thing is with it is the, the, the problem with the COVID side of things is that the the the, the, the rules can't be so stringent that they the people because they because they can't you know the football league can't go with the as strong as they want to because you because because of you know you can't. People with the COVID side of things are going to come back at you. So, and they're so loose around the edges. If I'm honest, you know the the rules are. You know, you like now uh, you can have a test if you want a test. You can take two buses instead of one bus if you want to. You can have single rooms instead if you want to. But there ain't nothing to say you got to have any of them. We're still doing it as we speak, but we we change it for our next away game where we go back to one bus, one coach. Fine. Um, just obviously, thank you for for giving up your time. We, we know that you're um, going to need to shoot now. So just a couple of quick, or a, a quick question. Well, I'll give you. T- I've got ten more minutes. Gone. Well, that changes the dynamic of the question I was going to ask you then, because I was just going to ask for your closing comments. But I'll um, I'll go back on that now. Um, in terms of your contract, Martin, your did you sign a new contract in the summer? Are you, uh, how did do you work on the same basis of a player as a player that you sign a two year contract, or are you just like a normal employee that you're on until you decide to leave, kind of thing? Yeah, I'm an I'm an employee, right. so I haven't got a fixed term contract. Okay. I've got a contract uh, as an employee, right. uh, so. If they, yeah. So it's not a start date and a finish date is the answer to that. But it's it's a case of yeah. We're, I think that well, I'm very comfortable with, with the job I'm doing. I feel like it's improving everything. I say people say to me, "Don't you do social media?" I said, "You're having a laugh." And yeah, I didn't do social media while I was a manager. So I mean, I was walking up the stairs. I was walking upstairs in in the ground on. It's one of the games, and then the lab walked up behind me and said, you've got social media? I said, no, why is that? So you get installed on, on, on Twitter. I went, that's why I ain't got social media. You've answered the question. Yeah. We had a question about like squad sizes and how you can improve it. So you mentioned we have got 30, a squad of 31, which is quite, I think to me anyway, I don't know the squad size of other League 2 teams. That seems like quite a large squad to me. So one of the questions we had, with so many signings, how do you improve the squad in the summer with the squad being so close to capacity already and not many out of contract? Obviously, we know last season there was quite a lot of players out of contract, which led to quite a lot of turnover of players. So in the yeah. summer, for example, with less players out of contract, how do you get the quality of turnover there's there's space in there. there trust me there is I don't know the exact figures I do because they're on my computer but I'm talking to you on the computer so uh, <laughs> yeah there is there is space there is people that have got uh, well you got to look at our squad we've got five loan players to start with so that's five that go back so that takes it down massively straight away you got but uh, I think it's about I don't know the exact figures off the top of my head, but there's enough space there to to to, to change to change it round in terms of people. That so you've got Sam Sargent was out of contract. I've got a list in front of me. Callum Riley's out of contract. Adam Thompson's out of contract. 
Frank Newball on loan, Theo Archibald on loan, Alex Mitchell on loan, Dan Moss on loan, Darren Prattley out of contract, Wolf Satorio out of contract. There's plenty of room. I've only gone through half the squad on that list. <laughs> there is bigger room. than I thought, there is yeah. Room. Yeah, yeah, there is room. Trust me, with we've, we've made sure that I try to do what well, you got to have. I think we have a turnover every year. Yanks and got, but there's there's enough room because of the loan signings. I think. Uh, I mean, there's remember eleven of the thirty one of uh, players that come through the system, which is something else that gets ignored. I think I'll miss sometimes. I mean, we just uh, we just took another two on for next year. They're called uh, Sunny Fish. Mm. And another lad called Zegabirio, both in Zeg's got his, his first, he got his first contract on his 17th birthday. So uh, they're going to be part of it next year. But I mean, deep down, I would like to, I would really like to get to a 23s if we could. But that's, I think that's a maybe we need a bigger training ground to start with. So there's a, the thing with the 23s is it gives people that you, give them, you can feed them in a, a bit slower. And you can fetch your youth team in up to the 23s and, and the, there's a way and, and the means. But it's something that we've talked about, but we ain't quite ready to push the button on it as we speak. Because with the, being in East London, there's a lot of raw talent about. And a lot of, sometimes you get the raw talent that comes available at 18 rather than 16 or 14 because the player players that sort of go wayward from good clubs at 18 and we ain't really if you, if you ain't got a 23s to feed them into if you had a 23s to feed them into I think it would be something that we would uh, benefit from in the, in the future That's a really good point actually um, to bring us on to a question that we have from Timo on the forum who said are there any competitions for reserves to play in anymore and if so, would the club consider joining one? I can't help thinking that players who don't get much game time would benefit from time on the pitch in a meaningful game. Would Ruel, for instance, be better off if he'd have found the net a few times in some reserve games? Yeah, yes, all of that, if I'm honest with you. I mean, that's, we do arrange fixtures, uh, but I don't think it's better than some sort of competition. There's uh, That's why I, I sort of muted about the 23s. There is even... Even if you're not a Cat 1 Academy or a Cat 2 Academy, which we ain't, there is a 23s competition you go into, like a cup competition. or It's a bit like the EFL trophy. You go into a league situation, and if you come out of that league, you can then play better teams. So it's something that we're talking about. I do think it would. There's no, there's no great actual reserve leagues about nowadays, but with, even with the 23s, you can play overage players. So you, I think you're allowed three overage players, so it can work like a reserves anyway. Yeah. So I do think it, what what oh, I can't remember the name of the, the bloke Timo. who you said, but I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's would would benefit quite a lot of the players actually. Is there something that we can jump into then, or not? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. There's a, there's a twenty threes uh, cup that goes into a league. Uh, it's something that we'd be, we 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 knew it this summer. Never quite went now because COVID and what else there was. But I'll certainly be looking into in, looking into it this summer. Uh, we're looking into it now to see to see about the entry of it for next year. When you were talking about the squad, Martin, you mentioned Theo Archibald. Obviously, been a big hit with the fan base. We got him on loan for this season. Uh, Talks underway about trying to get Theo in in the summer. I spoke to Theo uh, to the extent so far of would you? He's got another year. 
at Lincoln, so people got to understand he ain't our player, and he, and he will be going back to Lincoln. Oh. So I can't, so I can't really, I can't really go. But I, I, I asked the night hypothetical question of if Lincoln don't want you next year, would you be interested in coming? And he said he would. So, but he is their player, and he has got another year on a contract. Oh, I thought I read he'd only signed. I thought it was odd that they'd signed him for this year and then lent it, loaned him out to us. I thought it was a bit of an odd situation. Is that no? It's it, it definitely got another year. I think whilst current managers in place, there would be no no future for well, I shouldn't put words into the manager's mouth. But he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't asked for him back yet. So if he was doing as well as he would, you know, because there was an option to take him back in January. Yeah. So if they'd have approached us, we'd have had to say yes. So it, no, that's a lie. It had to be agreed by two of the three parties. So Theo had to be part of it, but Theo wasn't going to go. Didn't want to go back. Okay. Enjoying his time in the big smoke. Um, so just 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 to finish off, then Martin, your expectations, given what you know, given what your conversations are, are going on with with Kenny, what what are your expectations as the director of football for Leighton Orient for the rest of this season then? Yeah, I think for the rest of the season, you know, let's not talk about old playoffs, but to improve, I would still like to think that we can get better than the 11th. That's, that's my goal that I put out there. If we can get better than the 11th, then you never know, we might have an unbelievable run and sneak into the 7th place, but I think that if we can continue at an upward, uh, you know, an upward curve from from every every year we've gone the year, the following year we've gone higher, I think that would be a major achievement from where we are now. That wouldn't be a major achievement if that was done. That wouldn't have said that if that was the aim from the start of the season. I've got to be fair because I, 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 I wanted us to be top seven. I feel that we got the budget to be top seven. I think we're paying. The the management team or and coaches uh, money enough to get them players into the top seven. It, that's how that's how I feel. Uh, it's easier said than done. I understand that because it ain't, we ain't got no god given right just because we've got a big budget. That, that I mean, Salford have had the biggest budget every year, but they've not managed it yet either, have they? So it's not just about budget, but budget infrastructure. What the club's about, I feel that we should be, we certainly shouldn't be 18th in League Two, mm. uh, and and I do feel that we should be pushing on for, uh, if we're pushing on for top above 11th this year, then then we need to be going for a big style next year. Cool. So so Ken, sorry, no, go on. No, all I was going to say was just, I guess, in in summary, you're you're obviously having ongoing dialogue with Kenny. He's obviously. Not an idiot. He's an experienced man. He knows that what our situation is is not good enough, and it needs to improve, and it needs to improve pretty quickly. And I guess he's not stupid enough to think that he can go on and lose, go on the current blip and make it a big blip, and actually expect to stay in situ, uh, and that difficult conversations are probably going to be had. I, I'm not wrong in anything I've said there, am I? No, no. The things with I think Kenny's aware. Aware. Yeah, okay. well, Kenny's fully aware that, that where we are and what we're doing and how we're doing at the moment is, is, is not good enough for us as a club. Okay. It ain't good enough for him as a manager. It ain't good enough for me as a director of football. I think we all know that. But we don't sit there and say, Ken, you've got two games to go and get it turned around. You know, that ain't the conversation we have. Okay. You know, the, the conversation is about we need to be better. 
we need to get going, we need to start changing the results around. But uh, that can be said without being said. Yeah. You know, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. You know, we ain't, there's, we ain't, there's no doubting that we all understand that what's happening at this moment in time is not what is good enough for this football club. Okay, and on the transfer committee, again, just so that we're clearing that people that listen to this go away and don't have to rethink about this, the transfer committee is a group of you that is made up to help support what Kenny wants. So he gives you players, you might recommend players to him, but actually, if he doesn't want the player that you might have recommended to him, they don't get signed regardless of whether it fits in a budget or whether you think it's a style of play. It's really ultimately the, the, the transfer committee helped to make sure that the finances are in place to get the type of player that Kenny wants an ultimate, or the manager, whoever the manager is, and that they're supported. You're, you're doing kind of, I guess, all the donkey work, all the leg work, so the manager knows that the player that he's got fits the budget and and is the appropriate character and skill set that he needs to help his squad. Not trying to put words Correct. in your mouth, but just so that no. I've. No, the transfer committee is exactly that. Right, the transfer okay. committee is, is yeah, we we're there to facilitate what Kenny and the, and the recruitment team are looking for. You know, they 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 come to us with names of players. We sit we sit and have what we call a Zoom like this, and then, then we talk about the players that are on the list and cool. the positions that might be available. So it, it's totally recruitment or management recruitment led. The transfer committee certainly doesn't lead. It's not the other way around. The transfer committee doesn't lead on this. It, it decided on finances, but it doesn't lead on players. Yeah. Okay. On or. or, or you know, particular, you know, individual players. It doesn't lead on that. And just for once and for all, just again, I know what your role is, but for, again, for people listening, your role is to help support the manager to make sure that he's got the, the tools that he needs to do the best that he can do. And off the pitch, you're involved around the ladies' team, the academy, bringing in the right players, and the overseas soccer camps to help bring in funding uh, for the football club to help support the first team efforts. Yeah, and the college, it is one you forgot. It's college program. We, we're up to three college programs now. We've got two Sorry. boys. We've got that college program. We've got uh, boys and girls college program over at Rittle. And that's growing all the time. Uh, the overseas camps is, was growing massively, but obviously with the COVID, it's been, been trouble. Yeah, so I, I look after, I always look at it as a, as a money making circle and a money wasting circle, as I call it, which money means the players. Yeah, yeah. So we lose money on the, We all know uh, to make this place sustainable, or, to, or try to make the place sustainable. The only way you can make money on the football side of it is to do what, what I'm doing in that other circle, along with the commercial, along with everything else. But yeah, and 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 then supporting, uh, being there for the manager, uh, being soundboard if, if if he needs that. Obviously, as I said before, with Kenny, not so much a soundboard as a, as someone that we sit and talk about. It, but I wouldn't sit there and, and, and advise on who I think should be playing or what we should be doing in training because that's none of my business. I think with that, Martin, it's time to bring this wonderful interview to an end. Before we do, sponsorship reminder, don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, go and visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or on Instagram. Go and have a look for Big Ads LFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. Shout out to our other sponsors, Carol Langley Florist in Chinkford and Town and Country Hurts and Essex. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, everybody, for this special show. Thank you, Martin, for giving up your Sunday evening. Very much appreciated. Longer than what you um, originally said. So thank you very much. We're genuinely grateful to you. Uh, we'll be back next week, everyone, with episode 275, where we'll have Bristol Rovers to talk about and 
Carlisle. 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 Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, Carlisle to, to talk about. Hopefully, we'll be talking about two wins, all being well. But fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, Martin, let me just say a massive thank you for coming on to the podcast, giving up your Sunday evening, especially, you know, given that we have slipped down the league to 18. You could have easily not done this tonight, but you've been very transparent, very honest. And yeah. I think a lot of fans are going to take this away and hopefully be re-engaged, reinvigorated before two, two massive home games and hopefully come away with a greater appreciation of what, what it is that you do and hopefully with a better understanding of the transfer committee and, and all the effort yeah. and the thoughts. Yeah, and so thank you very right. much. I'll see you later. Yeah, thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening and up the O's.